much more like I hoped before, man. Simply, simply lovely. Welcome back to the Global Good Girls Podcast. It's been a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, welcome back. We had a few technical difficulties. We had a few schedule issues. It was uh, it was a mess, but here we are. Um, We're we back in the game. In- yes, Yay. we hope you enjoyed the triple header. I'm Janice and I'm here with Lily and Cece. Um Let's just jump right into it because we still haven't talked about Monza and everything that happened there. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a few things to to mention about that race because it was very interesting. Where do you want to start? I mean, let's let's start at the beginning of the weekend, obviously. Um, we have pretty much from the beginning, from Friday, we knew that, again, we would have a lot of penalties coming um an unpopular opinion i love it this season is not the most exciting after we what we've got last year so having uh different drivers in the like in front of the grid and at the back of the grid it's just exciting i love it Mm -hmm. i also saw i think it was great for that one um a twitter post i think it was from Pierre gasly and even he said, okay, in which position am I starting at? Because everybody was confused. It was so funny to see that even the drivers were confused. Everyone was confused. But I mean, funny that you mentioned this tweet because... Um, the other the comments. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you know, you know. But um, that, that Just that entire comment thread from yeah. PS post is just enough. It's, but then, like, he went ahead and put it as a part of his monster dump for, like, Instagram. And the comments just kept coming and coming. At some point, even Roscoe had to step in. Um, <laughs> if you want to find out why, I suggest you go check it out if you haven't already. Um, it's, it's so funny. It's something. It's something very funny. <laughs> It's it's very funny and honestly at the beginning I was like oh a fan account posted and I was oh no it's Pierre Gasly himself okay same I had to triple check it was actually Pierre Gasly who posted it I was like how the nerves like oh my god you go <laughs> I mean yeah zero f**ks to give um yeah so penalties the weekend began we should kind of mention the um f2 and f3 because f3 kind of um f3 is finished for this year um we have a f3 champion and um f2 is pretty much also done at least um first place um is also already decided even though there's one weekend left they get close in those points don't they (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, hey, I'm going to sit here. Unlike what F1 currently has where it's like, hmm, Charles has to do some work here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I just recently started to really watch it. Um, It's it's still very confusing to me. And I have someone who really explains it to me. So I 
I mean, yeah, I cannot imagine what it must be like for new fans to come into the sport, like for F2, F3 or F1. Um, it, it must be really hard. Yeah. How many races of F2 are there left? I think only one. Like, I mean, they have always have a sprint race and the feature race, so the like mm-hmm. main race. But I think there's only one race we can left. End of the end of the end, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a lot less races. Um, yeah, so much to that. Um, we had a special livery and special suits for the Ferrari guys. Um, they kind of looked like minions. I mean, it, it was cute, but like minions. <laughs> Not gonna lie, the the yellow is definitely grown on me. Like, not necessarily, like, the race suits with the yellow. But, but the, the car. car with yes. the yellow. And I'm, only, I'm saying this, so I've, I've recently downloaded, finally got around to being able to download um, F1 2022, the race, like, the sim game, like, the full game of it at my cousin's place. He's now got a simulator. I'm driving for Ferrari in my career, so I've got that like that on the car. I'm like, it's growing on me. Like. <laughs> They should just keep this for the rest of the season. <laughs> just do it. I feel like that's what we say for every like one-off livery we ever saw in the last year. Um, like since we're doing this podcast, every time someone has a one-off livery, we're like, oh my god, it's so nice. Let's keep it. Slightly off topic for it though, the one that I wish that a team would bring back for an entire season is the retro McLaren. That's not surprising for me. <laughs> I knew you would say that immediately when you started that sentence. Okay, but tell me I'm wrong of them like not taking advantage of that and having that for the entire year. I mean, it was really cool. Um, back to Monza. Yes, um, back to Monza. The Monza cars hit again. It did. Um. At 47, and we're like, yeah, Daniel's not going to have issues. Daniel mm-hmm. got issues. It's like, come uh, on, man, you're like five laps from the end. <laughs> like right now. That was a pain to watch. Honestly, it's like, oh, could it get so, even yeah. worse for him right now? So, yes, Daniel's DNF is a result of an oil leak. It came out stating that one of the valving um, hoses was loose and it was an oil leak. I hate it here. The thing is, though, um, I mean, obviously, third year, third consecutive year um, for the Monza curse. But the thing is, even when, like, Daniel has a, a weekend that's not totally shit, <laughs> there's something happening. And it's, it's frustrating. I mean, and obviously, because of that, the race ended behind the safety car. Um, with Max first step in P1, he got P1 after like I don't know two laps, three laps. It was something else. Um, and Charles Leclerc was behind him and was really frustrated with the race not being restarted, which I can totally understand. Um, but it, this is kind of controversial now because um, there are a lot of people coming forward saying the race should have not ended behind safety car because the track was um, cleaned and they could have restarted it even if it's just for one lap. Um, funnily enough, that's the same people who are still crying about the restart from last year. I said it here. I said it 
hate me, I, I'm taking the blame. My commentator said that if they actually, if they had done a restart, Charles would have had a lot of chances to take like the first position. So they said, yeah, if there was a restart, he might have had one. So that might have, that might have been even more frustrating for Charles. The thing I don't is, know if he had any good, really has, good chance, though. I don't know, but even Dr. Grumpy, like aka Helmut Marker, um, said they should have restarted the race. So it, even though it was kind of benefiting Max that the race was not restarted, they still said, yeah, no, it should have been restarted. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it always, and, it always sucks to end a, a race under safety guard like that. It's not this, I'm not sure it's the same feeling. No, it's not. It's sort of just that, like, oh, okay, well, I can stop watching now because, like, it's obvious who's going to get the poles and who's on podium because it's safety car. But there was confusion again about unlapping cars because the safety car came out in front of George and George was really confused. And Mercedes were confused of, like, can you unlap yourself? Like, you don't have, you've got the green light to be able to do it, but we've not been told you can do it. Yeah, I mean... I feel like safety car and unlapping and everything is kind of a, a sensitive topic now. It's it's funny because I feel like it wasn't like that before, but it is now. <laughs> um, and it's, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel like it should have been fine to restart the race. Um, that's the same feeling I had with the restart mm-hmm. last year. And I'm going to stand by that. Like, restart the races they i mean i'm i said it a hundred times i'm gonna say it again they've restarted baku for two laps with the standing start why not do that every time like why not make that standard procedure it was so exciting to see that restart yeah aren't we having two race directors this year for more consistency and yet we're getting this stuff again yeah, I'm they're not doing restarts when they're they're. I feel like they're doing restarts when it's there's some sort of benefits or entertainment or whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand their their logic behind the restarts. I don't get it at this point. I'm yeah, not gonna question it because I'm just gonna get my brain all destroyed and everything. But um, Daniel wasn't the only one that DNF'd that weekend. Sebastian. The track where he had, like, where he had his first win, I think. Like, if I'm not mistaken, it was the track where Seb had his first win. And this was his last racer. And he DNF'd. I was near tears. Um, Lance also had a DNF and Fernando followed. So there's been there's been the joke that the only Aston Martin of the entire Monza weekend that finished the race was the safety car. I mean, true. <laughs> it's not the same time this year that we've had this joke of the safety car being the only car left for Aston Martin. But speaking of Aston Martin and changing topic, um, Nick DeVries did FP1 for Aston Martin. Um, he he did okay um, with, with the Aston Martin. And then on Saturday, we got the news that Alex Alban had a case of appendicitis and had to go 
um, through surgery. And like a minute later, we got the news that Nick DeVries, who's kind of like changing his team shirts like anyone else is changing their underwear now, um, jumped into the car um, for FP3 um, and did a great job. Like He did. He qualified P8, if I'm like, he qualified P13, but because of all the... The weird mess. penalty stuff i think he was on p8 mm-hmm. by the time like yeah. everyone had their penalty <laughs> um and he finished p9 he got two points which he he gave williams yeah he points. gave williams that was amazing um, from from someone who did he no he drive in an f1 car before right yeah I, I, um he drove because he's always with Mercedes, but yeah, he he drove the Williams, the Mercedes, and the SM Martin this year for FP1. This, um, but yeah, he gave Williams one third of their points in one race. Honestly, yeah, he did a brilliant job. And he showed but, everybody what he was capable of. Like, yeah, I, you go. I just love like the story he's given in the media pen because everybody wanted to talk to him like they're just like cool you like you other 19 here every week we want to talk to this one driver and he came out saying that when he found out about him having to drive the quality like for William so qualifying and the race he was up in like um having a cup of coffee in the Mercedes hospitality he was having a cappuccino and got told you need to go down and speak to Toto now and Toto's like you're going over to Williams you're racing this weekend all right <laughs> go and get into Williams I mean he also um when he was in Park for me uh got on the radio and said guys can someone help me out of his car I literally cannot lift my arms um and that for me kind of once again proves how incredibly physical it is because Nick DeVries is kind of in training. I mean, obviously, he's not an active driver every week, but he is in training for driving those cars. Um, he is still, like, he still got these problems after the race. I mean, he was fine, but you know what I mean? Have you seen the video from that with the audio? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, coming up to congratulate him. And he's like, no, wait, I need help. And he just walks <laughs> Don't leave me. Don't leave me. It's like he did the radio call to the team going, can somebody please come and help? I can't get this, like, the shoulder guard in part. The harness device. No, it wasn't the harness device. It was the actual, so he was still in the seat. He had the shoulder, like, you know how they have that, like, shoulder guard that they pop out? Oh. He couldn't get it out because he couldn't move his arms up to do it because his arms are dead, like, lead weighted from racing. And then he's just like, can somebody please come and help me get, like, get out? And then suddenly we see this Alvatore, like, driver toddle over. It's like, oh, it's Pierre. Like, surely he's, like, coming over to congratulate and, like, Nick will just get him to give him a hand. And he goes to ask him to give him a hand and Pierre just toddles on off. It's like, congrats, mate. I've got to go. No, you got to get out yourself. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, staying with the Nick DeVries thing, obviously this talent went not unnoticed and Rebel with, um, or Alpha Tower with uh, Dr. Grumpy Cat said like, mm, we want that guy and yeah. 
they were spotted in Austria in Graz um, last week um, and had talks. Apparently, Alpha Tauri has a contract ready for him. Yeah, so um, it's come out in a lot of new speculation that and Nick's basically said that his F1 start career or future career in F1 is still unknown. Like, yeah, they had talks, but um, he's also put himself on the radar for Williams and Alpine. I think this guy has options now. Like he had one chance um, last week. And he, proved, he did amazing. And, and he showed everyone. Like that was a, I feel like that was a once in a lifetime chance to actually get to drive a race to show everyone. And he did it really well. Mm-hmm. So he definitely has options now. But I feel Alpine will go for Pierre. I'm hoping so. Me too. That so Alpine would team. have Alpine would have like two French drivers, mm-hmm. two French Yay. drivers in a French team. So like, my gosh, just imagine French. that if we have I don't do we have a GP next year in France? I, I think know. it's I think it's still not um, confirmed, and I think it will not be Paul Ricard because that's off the calendar, if I'm not mistaken. But they could still do it. So just, just imagine next year in Lucas today having Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon together with a French team because this year the atmosphere was crazy and we just had one French driver. Just imagine if both were there, the same team, French team. That would be insane. Also, can we talk about how funny it is that um, Red Bull kind of is... It is trying to get the second Dutch driver available. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like they, they are training him to be next to Max. Like with two Dutchies, it would be insane. Imagine. It'd be nuts. Let's yeah. manifest all of that. Definitely. Um, but back onto Frenchies real quick, because it's in here. Pierre Gasly has managed to get into Q3 again which he's not been able to do quite like consistently this year. I'm like, yeah, I mean, the Alpha Tauri this year is pretty much a box. If you ask me, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I'm so disappointed. I was hoping for really consistent points and maybe even like one podium for here, but that won't happen apparently. So I really am hoping that he will go to Alpine and that Alpine will be like, still battling like third fourth team in on on the grid um because i won't be here in a good car please yeah we want to see him doing well and having a tree a team that treats him right that makes him feel good. i'm excited for him to go away from Apple, like getting out of those bangs yeah hmm it's a clause of doom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, did anybody watch the um, driver interviews on Thursday of Monza? No, okay. no I'm sorry. Gone, I don't think I've, I've, gone, okay. I've gone back and watched them now. Hey, hilariously, both Lando and Daniel turned up with um, like fake tattoos on. Oh, Lando yeah. <laughs> I saw that. But secondly, um, 
Lewis was asked what he thought about Daniel's hold not getting a seat and all the rest of it and these rumours about becoming a reserve driver at Mercedes. Now, Lewis has turned around and gone, Daniel's not a third driver. Daniel is a first driver. And if he got the opportunity to drive next to Daniel in the same team, he'd not retire, pretty much. But um, That's nice. That's nice. Daniel That's really cool. Daniel ended up joining in, or I say joining in, he actually hijacked part of the interview with, of Sky Sports with Will um, Buxton and uh, Felipe Drogovic um, and all the rest of it. Drogovic asked Daniel what the plans were for 2023 for him. Um, and pretty much the result of or the reply to the Mercedes will be looking for a new reserve driver. Um, that, well, Will said more to the point that if you do go to the reserve driver of Mercedes, um, you're going to have to be hosting the post-race show with Will each race for the next year. Daniel's definitely not up to that, apparently. So there's comedy in the fact that Daniel's not got a seat. He's, like, making fun of the fact that he's not going to see, but I think that's, like, a coping mechanism for him. Probably. Hmm. Which is a bit sad, to be honest, like, having to make comedy out of something that, like, you you might be out of, like, realistically out of a job. And you've been, I mean, you've been working hard. You've been working so hard for this, and then this happens, you know, like, and he has to deal with it publicly it's even like when you lose your job it's hard but when you lose your job and the and the world is looking at you you're like oh so yeah he's always been funny so he keeps doing this true true um porsche <laughs> porsche no longer going with red bull or i should say red bull and are going no longer going with porsche for engines yeah, I mean, I think they wanted like too much of an active role, which Red Bull was not ready to give them. I feel like Red Bull would feel almost like that it's going backwards instead of forwards, where like with Honda, they've been able to be a part of the design process for the engine, whereas with Porsche, from the sounds of it, it would be very much like what it was with Renault, where you just get given an engine and that's it. You don't get to choose much with it. Yep. Um, what else? Oh, one last headline from Monza that I've got here. Photographers in pit lane. Daniel nearly hit one of the photographers during the race going into pit lane on Sunday. I hadn't seen that. Do you have, I have that seen? It? Really? Yeah, 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 I have. Didn't he come on the radio like he was? He was pretty mad about it. That that. They were standing there? Yes. Yeah, so what happened was that a photographer um, was walking from the pit wall um, to the in, like the inner lane. He ended up, they ended up strolling directly in front of Daniel. And Daniel came over the radio saying, these idiots, man, I'm happy to hit one of them. Yeah. I, I heard something like that, but I wasn't sure if that's like exactly what he said. And I didn't want to like accuse him of, <laughs> but okay. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I mean, he was mad, obviously. Um, but yeah, realistic, but realistically, outside of like, okay, team photographers, should photographers be really in pit lane? I mean, pit like, wall, yeah, but kind of it's, you know what I mean, to go like to cross the street, kind of, if that makes sense, is like not a good idea. Mm. Or maybe may there be less photographers. I don't know how many photographers there are in the pit lane, but it's always super busy. So I think it'd be great to have less people maybe in the pit lane. So it's less dangerous for them. But just, yeah. Maybe. Do we want to quickly go over this week's stuff? Daniel's still without a seat. We talked about Nick DeVries. Um, Logan Sargent is not really... If for Williams, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we can do that, but... Well, apparently it's been rumoured that he's going over to Williams or is at least on Williams' radar to replace Latifi. Thank God. <laughs> now, I'm sorry, but, like, honestly, Latifi, what has he done the last year? I mean... Ugh. Really? He's sitting it's... 21st on a 20-man grid. Yeah. That says a lot. It, it is. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like we all know I love Daniel. Everyone loves Daniel. But Daniel lost his seat because he's doing significantly worse than Lando in the same car. I mean, Nicholas Latifi is doing significantly worse than Alex Albon. So the logical consequence would be to kick him. So please do that. Thank Speaking you for coming of... to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it seems to be so much McLaren drama, this entire like triple head of weight and then the week after. But Lando Norris has come out stating that McLaren has the complete opposite of a number one and number two driver. When so rather than yeah, so instead, so you know how some teams seem to have like they favor one driver over the other. Yeah, and like, Max and Checo, obviously. Yeah, for example, like that. According to Lando, McLaren don't have that. I think they are doing it similar to Mercedes to kind of uh, only favor one driver um, if he's significantly better in the championship standings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, we always had the like Lewis Hamilton was number one driver and Walter Bottas was number two, but that was because because he was kind of like not as high in championship standing. I feel like I don't know if they gave him a real chance every year, but um, they did give a chance to George, and George is now higher in the championship than Lewis um so yeah. they are not favoring anyone this year yeah so Lando's come out saying that pretty much what the team does instead is focus on what will work best for the weekend instead of helping one driver over the other um and that before every single race we have a meeting where we go through how we can work well as a team it's about how we don't work as a number one and number two um, like, and basically saying that he can help Daniel in certain situations and Daniel helps him. I haven't exactly seen a lot of that. Bad. Which isn't bad, but I haven't seen a lot of Daniel being able to help 
Lando this year or Lando helping Daniel this year because Daniel's not sat that high up on the grid. Yeah, I mean, it obviously has to be some some sort of, they obviously had to be some kind of close for that to work. And Lando would not be able to help uh, Daniel or the other way around if they are so far apart. Mm. And once again, Zach Brown has opened his mouth. Not on it, not on anything surprising to do with his own drivers in F1 necessarily, but to do with Colton Herter's attempt at a super license, the exemption for a super license. So Zach has come out saying that he thinks that the FIA need to review their rules of obtaining super color, like these super licenses, um, as if the current system that they're using now was back in effect when Max came in or when even when Kimi came in, neither of those drivers would have their f Yeah, I mean, they, they changed it after Max came, I think. Um, well, they had to. He was 17. He was, he is, and has... Yeah, but I mean, team. honestly, the, the thing is, when I heard about Red Bull um, trying to get the super license to Colton Herta um, without him having the points, I was like, oh, God, Rappel again. They are such Karens. But then I heard their reasoning behind it, and I was like, wait, that actually makes sense. Because what they said is that Colton Herta has um, has been starting at a race um, where they should where he should have gotten a certain amount of super license points. But there were two less starters, so they reduced... Um, the super license points for that race um but that was like a higher power he had nothing to do with it and he had the experience of the race so when i heard that i was like wait that actually makes kind of sense so i mean they have denied it so obviously the fia is not um is not thinking the same way i think but i think it would have made sense for him to to get the super license well, I think we've just about covered everything from Monster to this week. Yeah. <laughs> there is so much. And yet so little, if that makes sense. Because it's the same repetitive stories that we've heard for the last month. Yeah, I mean, we just had a triple header. So a lot of news coming like every few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have two weeks off, which is um two kind weeks. Of like- it, yeah, so it's a three it's a oh. three week gap from when Monza was to when we're going to Singapore because Russia was meant to be this weekend. Yeah, exactly. And Russia's not this weekend. Oh, yeah. um, what am I going to do on my weekends? My gosh. That's three weeks without a race. I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we need to handle it basically because um, it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> But we have to survive winter break as well. So, um, yeah. I was going to say, it's almost like the FIA and Formula One are like, we got to give you a three-week break. You've got to get ready for summer break for three months worth of no racing. It's winter break, Cece. I know you're in Australia, but it's still winter break. I love you. (laughs) It's all right. At the moment, Melbourne is not bringing the spring weather. We are still very much in winter. (laughs) We are getting to winter. We skipped autumn for some reason. We just went from 30, 30-ish degrees to 10 
or seven. Oh my so gosh. Tops of like 10, maybe 15 in Victoria. Like it was nice yesterday. It was sunshine. It didn't start raining until late in the afternoon, actually. But like it's been raining consistently. And today's meant to be 21 degrees. And I'm like, oh my God, does that mean you can wear a dress? Is it going to be warm? For us, it's still okay, like 35. I mean, when- it's still 32. Like even when it's okay, raining. Okay, so. Since we've now started to talk about the weather, it's obvious that we're kind of done with the topics for this week's <laughs> podcast. Um, as always, check out our, our socials. If you find one, you can find them all. Um, and we'd love for you to tune in again next week. Um, we promise there will be an episode. Um, not like the last week's. Like I said, it was a, it was something. We, we've got it handled now. Um, yeah, have fun this week without Formula One, um, or at least try to, and goodbye. Bye. Bye.